Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London, a church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. I'm reading from the New King James Version from Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who had owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, and, the payment, and that the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not now also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Well, uh, well, welcome, guys. Um, welcome to Calvary Chapel, South London. Uh, my name's Dean, if you didn't hear. Um, I'm just a member of the church here. And, um, yeah, just... I'll try not to be too overwhelmed um, so that you get this message. Um, so how did I get here? Um, well, I was pre- presented with the opportunity, and... Um, I must admit, um, I was encouraged by the, the books that we've recently been going through. So we went through Timothy, where we saw um, a young man being passed the baton from, from, from an older, seasoned veteran, you know, the passing of the faith, passing of the legacy, from Paul to Timothy. Um, and he was encouraged to be bold um, and not let his youth and inexperience um, be a stumbling block to him or an obstacle. So I was encouraged by that, first of all. We recently went through Jonah, and we saw the word of the Lord come to one of his prophets. And, you know, his, his call was to go and cry out to the Ninevites. To, you know, to go to the great city of Nineveh and cry out against the Ninevites, because, I mean, we, we know the story with that. Um, but he, he did the complete opposite. He ran in the opposite direction to where God wanted him to go. 
Amen. And um, we, we later found out that um, there was more to it. There was more to that situation than met the eye. I mean, we look at the history of the nations and that that particular nation would come to Jerusalem and just siege, besiege, besiege it, and, and possibly even Jonah's hometown. So you can imagine what he would have been feeling because he knew that the Lord was merciful, gracious, um, and that he would give opportunity for these people to repent and receive forgiveness. But he himself, he didn't want them to, to, to receive forgiveness. So um, even as he was forgiven, because he was swallowed by a fish, and he was delivered from that fish, the Lord had mercy on him, delivered him, and he in turn didn't want to have mercy on these people, so it seemed. So I was encouraged by that, not to run like Jonah did. You know what I mean? And I was, I was saying to some of the guys that, um, boy, I was, I was looking at flights to Tarshish. So I was like, where, where, is, where is Tarshish? <laughs> but, then I, but then I came to my senses. I was thinking, well, Jonah got on a boat and he tried to go the opposite way. And he got chucked off the boat into the sea, swallowed by a fish. Um, yeah, for three days or whatever. And I was thinking, if I was to get on a plane to try and flee... What would happen then? Would I get thrown off the plane? And, you know, I, I wasn't sure what would happen there. So I just thought, you know what, Lord, let me just go and do this thing. Let me, let me just do it. Um, but long story short, that flows into what we're going to talk about today, and that's, that's forgiveness. But not just forgiveness. Forgiveness um, extended and uncut. Um, no deleted scenes. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's what it needs to be. So, yeah. Um, so when I was um, preparing my message, it just reminded me um, of a film that I recently watched, and it's called Faster. It's called Faster. Oh, there you go. With my man in it. Love the film. I've, I don't watch films more than once. I've watched this film three times in the space of a month. Love it. So it's got uh, my man Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, you know, from his wrestling days, you know, the people's champ. You know what I mean? You see him from the ring throwing down elbows and, you know, doing his thing. And you probably um, notice him from um, the, the recent Fast and Furious series. He's been in a few other films like Gridiron Gang and all that kind of stuff, but Fast and Furious is probably the last time you see him, and he's big, he's one. He's one. He's a machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I was watching this film, and it, it stars um, Billy Bob Thornton. You might, you might recognize his name. And so we see him in prison, and um, we know that prison can do, you know, have a, a few effects on a man. It could break him down or it can sort of make him stronger more sort of you know what I mean and for this particular guy he was doing a 10 year stretch and um, for him it made him stronger um, but his strength wasn't just it wasn't just built up by the time that he had to do so he wasn't just determined to see out his time his strength was built up by the fact that he had a serious hunger to avenge his brother's murder serious like, you see the look in his eyes. I mean, you see, he was a getaway driver, and he was a part of a crew who were, I'll try not to give you too much, but he was a part of a crew who were, you know, double-crossed after pulling off a bank job, which eventually led to him being imprisoned. As soon as he was released from prison, you can see that there was nothing else in his mind but to, to get this revenge, to avenge his brother's death. N nothing else in his mind, nothing at all. I think the prison director guy was talking to him. He, blank, he was blanking it out, looking at the clock, just like, I'm waiting to get out. Ten years, you know, ten years. 
And so he gets out of the prison and immediately starts sprinting, immediately on mission to, to avenge his brother. And he was, you know, I'd recommend it. Maybe um, be careful around your little kids. I mean, it's not too vile. It's a bit gritty. I like my crime thrillers, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's but the message in it is, is on point. We, we, you, you can probably remember characters like um, the guy from Gladiator, Maximus Decimus Brilius, my man, serious guy. And you, you probably remember his, um, his, his main quote, the quote that stuck with me today. He goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance. In this life or the next. Classic. Classic. And you're with him as well. You're like, boy, yeah, get yours, mate. I saw what happened to your wife and kids. Get yours. I'm, where's my sword? I'm coming with you. That's, 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 what, you, that's what you feel. Law Biden Citizen. I don't know if you've seen that film. Law Biden Citizen. I'm, I'm nearly over it now. I'm nearly getting through this. But my man, um, he saw his wife brutally murdered and, and raped at the same time. He saw his, da- his daughter was killed. I mean, these men, these men were on this thing. It, was just a, it looked like just a robbery as well. I don't even know why they had to do all of that too. Just tie them up in the corner, do your thing and leave. Murdered up the place, you know what I mean? Stabbed him, but he survived. And then he goes about, and then those guys, um, they seem to get off lightly, and, he, and he's not having it. You can see his state. He wants justice. He wants justice at that point. But I think one of the main corporates made a deal and so he got five years whilst he snitched on the other guy um, to give him the life um, sentence and, or death penalty. And so after that, he goes, goes about taking out his revenge to avenge his, his wife and his murdered daughter. Now, these, these are extreme examples of forgiveness, but I mean revenge and avenge Jing. But it's not totally unrealistic. I mean, um, you can imagine that there's probably people in here that have maybe lost people in you know, sort of similar circumstances, you know what I mean, even in this very room. So it's not completely un- unrealistic. You know, um, we can relate to these men because like these men, we've had things done to us or our families, you know what I mean, that, you know, you, you'd, you'd, you'd have the the inclination to, to, to be unforgiven and you want to take revenge maybe. So it's not strange, it's not a strange concept to us at all, this whole thing about unforgiveness. Um, no matter how big or small the issue, you know what I mean? I remember in the past, I'd, you know, I'd hold someone up just for saying something funny or looking at me wrong, you know what I mean? It's, it's that it can be that deep. And like with Jonah, it's all good when we receive forgiveness, but you know, for our faults and the things that we acknowledge are wrong. But how are we when it's our turn to forgive? When it's our turn to turn the other cheek? Sometimes this word forgiveness can be like a dirty word to us. Especially when we don't want to hear it. Forgive him. Really? No, no chance. So now we're going to look into how the Bible... Um, looks at forgiveness and you know brother Ben read the text and so um, I'm just going to begin to take you through that if that's okay so we're in um, Matthew 18 you know verses um, 
21 to 35. If you could um, turn there with me, if you have your Bibles with you. And so we have Jesus here, and we have Jesus with his disciples, those who were close to him, those who were following him. Most of them were committed to him. I mean, we know of one disciple that, you know, in the end ended up betraying him. But he was with his, he was with his, um, with his guys, and he was teaching them on the on the, the nature of his covenant community and explaining the characteristics. And so, um, beforehand, just before the text that we're getting into, we see the the protocol or the procedure for dealing with a sinning brother or someone that sinned against you and what he said was you know go and speak if that person's offended you or whatever go and speak to that person privately you know what I mean don't make it public go speak to them see if the issue can be resolved without it getting any messier you know what I mean than it is try and resolve the issue between you and your brother or your sister and if that person ain't trying to hear you then you know what um, bring two or three witnesses Two or three people that can come and, and, and assess the, the situation, verify both sides of the story, and just see if there can be some sort of resolve in the end. Um, then he goes on to say, if the person still ain't trying to hear you, you know what, bring it before the people. Bring it before the congregation. Bring it before the church. You know what I mean? And, um, and so Peter's question, which we're going to see in a moment, it flows naturally from that. You know what I mean? Dealing with someone that's sinned against you, dealing with someone that's... That's offended you. And so what does Peter say? Mm. And you know what? I missed that one part. It was um, the part, if the person still ain't trying to hear you once you brought it to the church in front of the church, it's the, um, he says, you know what? Treat that brother, treat that person as if they're a Gentile and a tax collector. Not in a sense that, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Gentile, I'm non-Jewish, but um, in a sense that a person doesn't, um, serve your God. He doesn't. He's not committed or you know submitted to your God. He's not. He's, he's out there doing his thing. A tax collector, someone who, in those days, tax, tax collectors would have often been um, Jewish people working for the Roman authorities. You know what I mean? Taking. I mean, obviously taking the money from the people, the the, the Roman tax and whatnot. And so they would have been seen as, as traitors. You're one of us. You're like, you shouldn't be charging me money. You should be on this side being charged with me. What are you doing over there, traitor? You know what I mean? And that just reminds me of, you know, those, those road days when, when you'd see, like, a, for, for us, back in the day, you see um, a black police officer. It was like, you know what I mean? It was just weird. It was like, wait, mate, you're, you're one of us. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't be arresting me, mate. You forget the fact that I've just stabbed a man and robbed him. Yeah, and you're trying to do your job. You should be over here being arrested with me or whatever. Like, oh, I see. You're going you're gonna to bring me around the corner and you're going to release the cuffs and you're going to let me go. I see, brother. I see what you're going to do. You know what I mean? It was like that. It was like you, you kind of felt like, you know what I mean? These, these people are, are traitors to, to your own people, to your own kind. You know what I mean? And so that's how, you that's how the, the people in those days would have felt about tax collectors. So you see the, the Pharisees often referring to, you know, he said, Jesus, he chose with sinners and tax collectors. I mean, these people are to be despised, you know, you know, treat these people with any respect. And so, yeah, that naturally brings us to the text. Sorry for the long team. Um, <laughs> then Peter came to him and said, Lord, okay, in light of what you just said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? 
up to seven times. Up to seven times, he says. Now, believe it or not, um, Peter probably thought, he might have been deadly serious. I don't, there's no reason to believe he was joking here. But Peter would have thought he was being generous because um, it was taught by, in Judaism by the rabbis that three times was enough to show forgiveness to a person. Three t- you know, a person sins against you three times, you know what I mean? And, and they could have potentially been looking at verses in um, Amos where you see God's judgment of, of various nations and there's a continual reference of three times I'll show mercy. And if on the fourth time you don't sort of turn from your way, then I'm going to bring destruction, you know what I mean? And so they could have probably maybe been using those sort of verses to, to, to teach. Um, so, so what Peter did there, he was clever. He's trying to be safe. So three times two plus just add an extra one just to be safe. You know what I mean? Seven. Got to be safe, Lord. You know what I mean? So I don't know how he would have been feeling at that point. He would have, you know, maybe he was expecting a pat on the back from Jesus, maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe he had a bit of dust on his, on his shoulders at that point. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, he potentially thought, Ooh. I'm out, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, so he, at that moment, he potentially thought he was being generous. But what does Jesus say to him at that point? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven, he says. So he just makes a mockery of, 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 of Peter's number of seven. So if you, if you couldn't do the math at this time, 70 times seven is 490. So what is Jesus saying? Is he saying, all right, allow a, allow a man to sin against you or offend you 490 times, and the 491st time, let him have it. What do you think? Nah? Nah. See, this, this, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't a literal figure. Jesus wasn't talking about a literal figure here. But what he was basically saying was, don't put a number, don't, put a, don't keep count of how many times you forgive a person. Remove that number that you attach to forgiveness. Picture the man who, who sits there counting, tallying, 490. I, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't got that time. I mean, to count how many times one person or various people sin against me, chalking it off on the whiteboard. No time, especially not 490 times. So what, what Jesus is saying here is that we should always be ready and willing to forgive. And that's not to say that we won't feel aggrieved. That's not to say that we won't struggle with when people offend, against, offend us and, and sin against us. We're going to feel it. You know what I mean, it might take a few days. It might take a couple of hours. It might take a week, a month for you to sort of get over the rawness of what's happened to you. You know what I mean, of how someone's offended you. But in the end, we need to forgive. It's a must. And so what does Jesus begin to say here also? So he begins to to tell another one of his stories, a parable. So Jesus is, is well known for his parables. And, and what a parable is, is it's, a, it's an earthly story. So a story that men can relate to. So, you know, I gave you those um, sort of stories at the beginning. Those are not parables per se, but Jesus would have told stories um, that the people would have been re- able to relate to. But it's, a, it's an earthly story, but it's got a higher significance. It's got a higher meaning. It's got a heavenly meaning. So he's, he's, he's telling you a story that you can relate to, but the significance is much greater than the actual story he's telling you. So what does he begin to say? He says, 
Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, that, that might sound light. That might sound like 10 grand, maybe, potentially to you. But that, that figure there is not 10 grand. This is an enormous, a humongous, monstrous amount of money. And just to give you a picture of that, um, I can break down what... So, the average pay for a laborer, the average day's pay for a laborer in those days would have been one denarius. One denarius. One talent is 6,000 denarii. One talent is 6,000 denarii. That's, what is that, 6,000 days pay? 6,000 days pay. You can put it in those terms. I mean, um, you could get into modern day equivalents, but it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. 6,000 denarii. So 10,000 talents, 60 million denarii. 60 million denarii. So what Jesus was trying to portray here is that this man was helpless and hopeless. He had, that was it. It was a wrap for him. He was in a situation that was, it was impossible. This was an unpayable debt. He, he couldn't pay it even if he, you know what I mean, dreamed about it. He couldn't even dream of paying that sort of money off. You know, and even if he earned two to three times more than the average pay, two or three denarii, you know what I mean, a day, you know, you still have to pay. You still be looking at what? What? 30 million denarii? 20 million? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't ease it at all. So that's, that's just, just to give you a picture of how big the sum was. So this man owed a lot of money, a lot of change. But he was not able to pay, verse 25 says. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife, children, and all that he had, and that payment be, be made. Now, we don't, we don't know exactly how this guy would have worked up this amount of debt. I mean, I've owed a bit of change before. You know what I mean? Uh, nothing like this. I've been owed a bit of money as well. Nothing like this. So it doesn't, it doesn't explain how this man began to even work up this debt. Who knows? But I'll tell you one thing. Servants in those days, they would, they would have potentially enjoyed a, a, a good lifestyle. You know what I mean? They're working for, they're serving someone well off. You know what I mean? Someone who could afford servants. You know what I mean? Um, often rich. This guy was a king. This guy was a king. So he would have enjoyed the benefits of working for this king. So you can imagine food. He would have been eating some nice food. He would have had probably nice clothing. He needs to look good, good in the king's house. You know, clean, he would have been, clean, you can't walk around the king's house smelly. I mean, shelter, he would have been under a nice, you know, nice house. He's in the palace. He's with the king. You know, maybe not all masters were that rich, but um, they would have been well off enough to afford servants and have servants serving them. And in some cases, believe it or not, um, if a servant came to a master without already ha- having had a wife, a wife would be provided for him. Yeah? On top of all those things, he'd be given a wife. Yeah? And um, 
you know, his wife may go on to bear children, so he'd have a family. You know, so life was, life was often good for these guys. You know what I mean? They didn't have it too bad. Some of them, at least, depending on who the master was, of course. Um, and there was a period of time in which a servant would have served his master. So there were often agreements. So, you know, someone would do a seven-year stretch with this, with this master, and then he'll have the opportunity to, to be freed and be released. And as you can imagine, living under these circumstances, it wouldn't have been uncommon for um, one of the servants to turn around and say, you know, I don't want to go. I want to stay here with you, with this nice food, everything. I've got a wife, children. I've got nowhere to go. What, I'm supposed to go and fend for myself now. Let me stay here. And then they have some mad kind of rituals, I think, you know, piercing ears and all that kind of madness. I don't know. But um, there'll be something to signal that this servant is staying with this master willingly, happily. He's happy to stay. So to be sold into potentially other agreements, you don't know who he's going to get sold to, potentially splitting up his family. You know what I mean? Maybe the wife will go for a bit more change over there kids over there, maybe, potentially spitting up the family, he himself, you know, serving out other agreements. Um, it would have been like punishment. It wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have wanted that. So it would have been in no shape good because debt owing was serious and, um, and it's still serious now. It's not good to owe. It's not good to owe too much money. You know I mean, especially not the wrong people anyway. <laughs> um, so as we saw, as we see, the king here demanded that he, his wife, his children, and all that he had be sold and that payment be made. Now, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not convinced that this man and his children and all the things that he had would have been worth the money that he owed. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been a servant in the first place. So it was probably more like punishment. He probably just wanted to recoup some of the loss. You know what I mean? Like, can't pay me. You know, just get rid of him. Get rid of his family. Get rid of people. Can't, you know what I mean? So any attempt, any attempt to pay this debt was just, it was, fut- it was futile. It was absolutely futile. And then we move on. So what was the servant's response in verse 26? The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Wow, surprise, surprise. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. He released him and forgave him that unpayable debt. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I don't, who, someone owes you two grand. Are you trying to let them go anywhere? <laughs> I ain't trying to let no one go anywhere. That's a lot of money. You know what I mean? You know, um, it's, it's different if you give people money um, not to expect it back. But when someone owes you money, it's like, you know, you're, there's a point where you need to give this back to me. You're not trying to let them go. Especially for a, a debt like this. 10,000 talents. 60 million denarii. It's impossible. But we see here that the master was moved with compassion. Compassion. Other translations might say pity. So when you pity someone. So I've got the definition of compassion here. Compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy or empathy, because he might not have particularly been in that situation before. He's a king. Um, And sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, 
accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate or relieve the suffering. So this, this king was moved with compassion. He saw this man's helpless and hopeless state. He saw him on his knees before him with no hope to pay this great debt. And what did he do? He released him. Now, it, it might seem that he released him sort of out there. You're free to go. But in the later verses, um, we can see that the servant is still called his servant and the master is still his master. You know what I mean? So um, it might suggest that he was released from that particular predicament. And, and even in the order that it says it, um, he was forgiven after. He was forgiven the debt. So he wasn't let free and then forgiven the debt. It was like probably re- released from this predicament, forgiven, and you, know, you can continue to serve with your wife and family. So he was forgiven. This master forgave him the debt. And what's the response here from this servant? And immediately in verse 28, we get a but. We get a but. And I'll never forget this. You know, um, Mr. Beggs, Mr. Peter Beggs taught me this. I remember we'd have a lot of discussions now. And, um, you know, I mean, he'd be talking to me, he'd be counseling me or whatever. And I'd always be like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, but. You know what I mean? All these butts coming out of my mouth. And he, one time he said to me, Dean, he said, Dean, you keep saying but. Do you, do you know what that actually means? When you, <laughs> when you say but, you're negating everything that's been said to you or has been said beforehand. I mean, um, and then I'll spend the rest of my time trying to find out other fancy words to say but. <laughs> However, <laughs> although, you know what I mean? So yeah, I learned that from UP. And it's always interesting when you're, you're trying to give someone counsel or good news or whatever, and it's like, yeah, but, you know, I'm just on my ting, or yeah, but, yeah, but, and it's like, you're not hearing what I'm saying. It sounds like you're hearing what I'm saying, but you're, you're, you're taking what I'm saying, putting it to the side and, and saying what you're saying. You know what I mean, so I just thought that was interesting anyway. What does it say? Verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. So it's a, it's a little change still. 100, what, 100 days pay? Well, if we was to put that, you know, what, 190 days, three months, you know, three, day, three months pay or whatever. It's a, lot of, it's, a, it's a little change, though. It's a little change. Um, and what did he do? He laid hands on him. And that, that weren't to pray. You weren't laying the hands on him to pray. <laughs> he was gripping the man up and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. Where's my money, fam? <laughs> so you know what I mean we see that this is still a little change a um, hundred denarii you know, you know it's not maybe not easy money for him to let go of but in comparison to what he was forgiven peanuts peanuts small change I mean it was it was it was insignificant so maybe it just, just gives you a picture where the servants are how do you go from being in that situation to be in here it's, it's, it's silly silly from our point of view so he's like yeah give me my money where's my money so his fellow servants his fellow servant fell down before him fell down at his feet sorry and begged him saying have patience with me I will pay you all so this person found himself in the same position as the, the unforgiven servant at this point 
found himself in with his king, with his master. And what does he do? What does he do? And he would not, but went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. So this man was forgiven a great debt, and he couldn't forgive the man for the much smaller debt. He went and threw him in prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very aggrieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, see, you see that? Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. You were on your knees crying. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was very angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. What do you think about that, guys? Rightly so. Rightly so, I think. I think, um, you know, in other words, this man was saying, how, how, look how much he was forgiven. How is it not possible for you to not go and forgive this man this little change? How is it not possible for you to not just start from scratch after, after this thing that happened and, and get on with things? How was you able to do that? And I'm, 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 I'm baffled. I was baffled anyway. And we see an interested word here. We see the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. And I was thinking, torturers? Um, why didn't it just say that he threw him into prison like, like my man did to the other guy? Torturers. Well, this word torturers has... has um, it's significant. And, and it's, it's the word bazanists in the Greek, which, and it also means tormentor. And in this context, you could say an abusive jailer. Other, works, other words linked to this are bazanos, which means torment, severe pain, torture. Bazanizo, to be tortured, tormented, in pain. Bazanismos. Learning the Greek here. Um, agony, torment, torture. Now, I'm not sure what this, this, this is trying to communicate here. Maybe you can help me. <laughs> this man is going to get it. Yeah, where he's going, it's not going to be last. It's not going to be fun at all. Yeah? He's going to be getting bullied. Wherever he's going, he's going to be getting bullied. Um, and this has a greater significance, um, which we'll probably clear up in the conclusion. And then we get to we get to verse thirty five, which says, So my heavenly father will also do to you, each of you, from if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his heavenly father. So that's the punchline. That's the, that's the kick line right there. This is, this is where Jesus 
starts to reveal the meaning of the story. So he's given them a story, a parable, relatable to them. But then he's revealed the, the, the greater significance in it. This is how my Father in heaven will treat you and me and me also. If each of you from his heart. Now, from your heart, he's not referring to the, the, the muscle here that pumps blood around your body, but he's referring to the, the center, the core of your being. From the bottom of your heart. You know when you say, from the bottom of my heart, I really mean this. It's right here. This is what he's talking about. So it's not just, yeah, 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 I forgive him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tutu, you can't even look the man in his face. From the bottom of your heart, you need to forgive. We need to forgive. I need to forgive. If you don't forgive your brother, his trespasses. And that ties up with what Jesus was saying before, doesn't it? About, you know, um, you know, the number that we remove, that we place on forgiveness, remove that. We need to continue to forgive. We need to continue to be merciful. Now, this is, this is, this is speaking about me, you know what I mean? Firstly, formally, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that's ready to, to hold up a man, at least even in my heart, for, for the small things that he does to me. You know what I mean? Not knowing that I myself have been forgiven a great debt. And I have. Even, even just in earthly terms, I've been forgiven great debts. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, I've got a story to share with you as well. Um, so this was a few years ago. Um, and if you didn't know, I've got a little boy. He's not here with me today. But his name's Courtney. People are always asking me for him. They're not interested in me. Where's Courtney? How's Courtney? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I've got a little boy. And, um, you know, it was a couple of father's days ago. So it was um, a couple of years ago, I think. And I um, just thought, you know what? I wasn't driving at that point. So I um, thought, yeah, let me go and spend time with him. I, you know, I didn't even know it was Father's Day at that point. Let me go and spend some time. Let me go down there. I, didn't, I wasn't getting a lift that day. He lives all the way down in Chislehurst, and I live in, like, what, Fort and Heath Crowdham. And I thought, you know, let me, let me go up there and see him. Let me go and take public transport. Let me go up there, spend some time with him, maybe take him to the park. And um, so I got down there now. And it, it was one of the rare occasions where I went, I went to the house by myself. I mean, she had this boyfriend at the time, and... Yeah, he was, a, he was a madman still. I think it was Phil. Phil came down, with, down there with me one time, you know what I mean, when I was looking, um, dropping off my kid or picking him up. And um, this was when they lived down in um, Norwood. You know I mean, and, and, and the guy was just on it. He just wanted to show himself as a bigger man than me. He just wanted to, you know what I mean, I don't know. He's got the girl now, innit? And me and Phil were at the door now, and this brother come out, bare chest. Boom, 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 boom. He was like, he saw Phil and he was like, it was like, it was like Transformers. Like, man started, you know, he was on the thing, you know, bro. I was like, bro. <laughs> Even with big man like Phil standing there, man was just, you know what I mean? He was, he was gearing up. So this same brother now went down there and I'm, you know, picking up my son and I'm, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, let me go and take him to the park. It's around the corner from the house. And this guy starts walking with me. Okay, so me and my kids. And you, 
<laughs> I didn't understand it, you know what I mean? But at the same time, um, I knew his nature. I knew what he was like. And um, I didn't want to provoke him, you know what I mean, to try a thing because he, he was just always on that. And, um, yeah, so I'm walking down the park and I think to myself, well, I can't let this run. I'm not going to the park and playing with these two. Like, with, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You know, um, so I, I just said to him, I just said to him, look, um, I, I said, I said like, where are you going? I just said, um, where are you going? Like, I'm, I'm just, I just want to go and spend some quality time with my son. So, and he's like, and at that point, he was, he was, he was miffed already. That was it. Like, this guy had a short fuse. Um, long story short, um, I ended up getting assaulted by this guy in front of my son. You know what I mean? Um, I think his kid was there and um, my son's mum as well. So the guy went in, like, I think at one point he says, you know what, like, I'm his dad, you know, and I was like, I was like, what? I was like, hold on, come on, guys. Like, I, like, my face, he probably saw the shock on my face, and he was like, what, what? Boom, 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 boom. Like, he went in, he went in. Like, you know, like, a good footballer can appreciate another good footballer. Like, I'm not a boxer, but, like, he, he, he threw the, he threw, <laughs> it was like, bro, like, if, if I was a boxer, I would have appreciated that. Like, that would have that looked good. <laughs> I mean, so he, he did his thing, and you know I had a little, you know, bust up in that. But um, I didn't, you know, by God's grace, I didn't lift a finger. I didn't lift a finger, not even to defend myself. So he done that, and I didn't retaliate. I just sort of, you know, what I mean. And that's that's um, a picture of what we're talking about here. That that ability to to, to turn the other cheek, to to forgive, and you know. I let, the, I let the law deal with it, you know what I mean? I didn't take it into my own hands. I didn't go to try and avenge or, you know what I mean, take out revenge like those guys I introduced you to earlier. You know what I mean? Um, and that's a, that's a good example. That's, that's a good example, but on a daily basis, so, you know, you can struggle with much lesser things, you know what I mean? Um, much lesser things catch me out. So I was able to respond positively in that sense, but then on a daily basis, you struggle with small, stupid things. You know what I mean? And no matter how big that thing seemed, it's nothing into comparison to the forgiveness I've received. From who? From God, through Jesus Christ. Now, that might be you as well. You know what I mean? You might struggle with it. I mean, all of us struggle with forgiveness, all of us. You know what I mean? But a word to the believers anyway. So this, this portion of text should encourage you to forgive as you have been forgiven. So you've repented from your sin. You've, you've trusted in Christ. You know what I mean, you've come from whatever life you've come from, whatever background you come from. You've, you've, you've been in disobedience to God. And, I mean, God met you where you were. God died for you while you were a sinner, not while you was good and, and loving him. And you've received forgiveness from the Lord through Jesus Christ. Now you are encouraged, I am encouraged to forgive as I have been forgiven. So the same way I let go of, of that assault. And that's a big thing for me, you know, because I've never been touched like that in my life. You know what I mean? Um, and like, like Jesus when he was talking about, like, do you think I can't just bring down six legions of, you know, 12 legions of angels to come and deal with this thing? Like, like, I was, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm grateful, I'm grateful um, and indebted to God, the fact that he's forgiven me a great debt and I was able to let that go, you know what I mean? So, 
Guys, forgive as you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven a great debt. I mean, and so, as we saw, we don't want to be like the unforgiving servant, the one who holds up people in, you know. He, he went and gripped up a man, got him by the throat, but we don't want to even hold up people in our hearts. From, 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 from the bottom of your heart, you want to forgive. So for some of you today, there might be people in this room that, that you don't like. I might be one of them. I don't know. You know what I mean? But, you know I mean? You might, you might have had some differences and, you know what I mean? You might even think that you've resolved it because you don't want to go and, you know, kill them or, 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 or do anything to their family or, or do anything physical. But resentment is also a result of unforgiveness. Not just revenge. So if you're resenting someone, then that's unforgiveness. You need to, you need to look into it. And I'm, I'm guilty as well. I need to look into my own heart and check that I'm not resenting people. And as the text says, um, John 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? And how did he love us? He loved us by sending his son to die for us. Well, this is Jesus speaking. That you also love one another. And it goes on to say, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In this way, in the same way that I've had love and compassion and mercy on you, is the same way that you should have mercy on others. And one another, your brothers. So there, there might be people in here also. So you guys, you guys, you believers, you, some of you are going off to Austria as well. That's a, that's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for you to, to forgive. I mean, if there's people, maybe someone that, you know, you've, you've had differences or issues with isn't going to Austria. And they might not be in this room. Why? Because maybe they've gone over to Creation Fest. I don't know. But maybe you need to look into you know, resolving that situation. If you just know there's something there and even just to look into it. For those who haven't trusted in Christ, at least not yet. For those who don't call upon his name. For those who, they know about him, but they don't, they don't follow Christ. They're not trying to be on his church team. This is, this is both a warning and an invitation to you. You see, because like this servant, you have a, a huge debt hanging over your head. A huge unpay. We we'd established that this debt is unpayable. It's too. It's too. I'm not even sure that we live 60 million days, let alone able to work 60 million days, pay off a debt, live. I'm not sure how many li- um, days in in our lives we live, but we established that this is an unpayable debt. You have this hanging over your head, and it's it's, it's a debt that you can't pay. And in verse 34, that, that word torture is, is, is speaking about a real place, a real place of tor- torment. I mean, you see it all the time, you know, they're screaming out, YOLO, you only live once. You know what I mean? Um, our evangelists would, you know, that got there, you know, and sharing Brixton, they would, they would tell people that, it, yes, it, the, the scriptures say that it is appointed to man once to die, and then what? The judgment. So, yeah, you do live once, but guess what's coming after that? 
the judgment. And you don't want to come into contact face to face with a holy God who is seeking for this, this debt to be paid. So you currently live separated from God. And if you die without him, you're going you're gonna to die. And, you're gonna, and, that's, and that's what hell is. It's eternal separation from God. You live separate to him now. John 3.36 says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. It abides on him. It's like a, a huge debt hanging over your head. And ampl- I, lo- I love the Amplified as well. It says, And he who believes in, has faith in, clings to, relies on, the Son has, now possesses eternal life. But whoever disobeys is unbelieving toward, refuses to trust in, disregards, is not subject to the Son, will never see experience life but instead the wrath of God abides on him God's displeasure remains on him his indignation hangs over him continually so that's the position that's the position that we find ourselves in but there's good news that's good news. Um, Psalm 103, verse 8 to 14. And I've got, I've got, yeah, I've got the two verses up there, so you can, I'll, I'll try and read them. Um, so the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. And this is what Jonah quoted when he was speaking to the Lord, when he was, when he was angry and he was saying, look, I know what you're like, Lord. This is what you're like. And I didn't want that for these people. The Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger. The other translation says compassionate, abounding in love, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He will not always accuse, nor harbor his anger forever. He has dealt with us, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. So great is his love towards those who fear him. As far as the the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has pity and compassion both translations, on those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. So you might come here today, you might think, you know what, I don't even know why I'm here today. I don't even, I don't, I don't deserve to be here. Well, come into contact with this news and find the position that you're in. This is good news for you. You see, Christ died on the cross for you, um, took upon himself that which 
you deserve God's wrath. And if you repent, turn away from your sin, and trust in him, then you have everlasting life. For God so saved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, that he gave his only begotten son, his only unique son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you probably heard it numerous times in your life, but it's a reality. There's not, we're saved by grace, through faith. I mean, and not of ourselves. I mean, it's a gift of God. I mean, so salvation is there for you if you'd readily and willing, willingly accept it. So, guys, your relationships with people reflects your relationships with God. And your understanding and appreciation for God will be seen and reflected in the way that you treat people. To find out more about us, visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at CC South London. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.